everybody. Welcome to Read This, Read That. I'm Jackie Reed. I'm Joanne Reed. Hi, cousin. Hey, cuz. How you? Good. Good. How's your week going? Um, it's going really well. I just got my hair did. I'm loving this new do. Mm-hmm. I love that you're always giving me something different. I tried. I tried. I tried. My son was making fun of me because I actually... I traveled to D.C. to get my hair done and came back. <laughs> but I'm not really ashamed. Well, listen, when you find a great hairstylist. Let me tell you. Shout out to Coco. Yes, we love Coco. I have not met her yet, but I'll have to have her She's lay me. hands in my hair. It is difficult. It is challenging to find someone who can do good hair in New York City. I say it all the time. People assume, and that's soup to nuts. That's relaxer if you need one. Right. Weave if you need one. Cut if you need one. To me, it's important for someone to be able to take care of my hair and so so that it's healthy. Yeah. You know and what I mean? And I have amazing hairstylists at work. At 30 Rock, there are just some brilliant women there who do my hair. But, all, you know, off work yeah you need for just the general right. hair maintenance same you know they're working you know right. they can't come do my hair they're stylists they're stylists right and they do my hair and they're brilliant 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 but when it comes to like my every six weeks need to get the whole kit and caboodle you need for six what, hours. what the women in the south called a hairdresser correct you need you a hairdresser that's yes. right yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes so i did that what about you cuz what's going on with you you know it's always a busy week so many things going on um but you know you mean you weren't home watching the bobby brown movie i did not watch it because so much was going on with your president in the news honey listen i forgot to watch greenleaf same because i was so into it we're going to get into we'll get that there. in a minute yes, but, but oh yes. my god i have so many questions for you because oh it was just musty tv okay we're gonna come to that but let me hear this wind down okay so i got a good wind down for mm-hmm. you um as we sip our prosecco so last night clink. right yeah clink clink cousin good mm-hmm. to see you yeah. so last night I, I realized and you know how we always talk about technology and how we are the true aunties mm-hmm. of technology because we don't know how to do anything yeah. so on my phone you know i set up my google email my gmail accounts mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. they're not for some reason on my phone i don't know why i don't want to know why okay. so for getting google docs and all that shout out to people who are always trying to send me google docs i can't open them here okay but my my google email is set up on my computer okay i didn't realize this until last night wait you didn't know your google email was on your computer i didn't know it was here see i've got look at all these yeah things look that at I that yes I, don't even don't <laughs> even say it <laughs> Don't say how many okay, emails I have. Okay, Jackie. We won't screenshot that I for the know, people now. I have a lot of emails. A lot. Okay, so I got 50,000 emails. I got it. I know. You got to purge. I got to purge them out. But mm-hmm. anyway, so I have these Google emails, and I'm going through them like, oh, shit, I missed this email. Yeah. Oh, I missed that email. Listen to the email that I discovered <laughs> last night that I okay. missed. Okay. <clears throat> Dear Jackie, hope you are well. On behalf of the Franklin family, we would like you to <gasps> attend to extend an invitation to you to attend a Aretha Franklin no, Celebration Jackie, of Life no. service scheduled no. for Friday, August no. 31st at 10 a.m. No. at Greater Grace Temple in Detroit. Oh my God. Let no. me know if you'll be able to attend. No hotel recommendations. Stop. I just saw this last night. N- Jackie, Jackie. Ground transportation. Reed. Flower cards and letters stop, can be sent to. Stop, stop, stop. You were invited to the funeral? Yeah. You didn't go. You didn't know. You I didn't, didn't know. This is hashtag check your emails. Girl, oh, my God. email existed. Oh, my God. It was in the Google. You could have been up in there for nine hours of incredible what? Aretha Franklin amazingness. It listed all the performers. Jackie. Everything. <sighs> now, I want to check and see if I was invited. <laughs> <laughs> you know how badly I wanted to go to that funeral. Oh my God. Jackie Reed. Okay, see, this is this, if this is not a lesson to you from God, from the Lord, for you to get up on your emails and get. 
goddamn at fifty thousand. You know how much money you probably got in that email. Girl, I could have gone to the burial. You could have been everything. at the burial. I can't believe it. You could have fallen out on the casket and thrown yourself right on top of Aretha's casket and Girl. really made it happen. I, and I would have stayed for the entire ten hours. The funeral was. I mean, I didn't get to watch it all because I was in meetings, of course, all day. Yeah. So I was watching in and out and watching little bits of it back on right. um, YouTube and everything. What a funeral. Oh my goodness. What, what a, a home going. Home going what celebration home of life. Going. But I could have been there. You could have been right there. It's right here. Right oh, here. Oh no. Girl. I got to do better. You've got to do better. I need better. to borrow one of your children to hook me up in the technology world. They don't I even help it. me. Girl, I've discovered so many emails in here from people, but this is the one that I just. That, you know what you need to do? You need to save that email because that is, that's a lesson but it's also a treasure because they thought of you and invited you to our funeral. I don't get invited to much. <laughs> you get invited to everything, Jackie Reed. That's this, amazing. This I would have gone oh. to. Girl, my heart sank last night. I'm sitting on my bed watching all this Trump mess, and I'm like, dear Jackie, on behalf of the Franklin family, I was like, what? Damn, damn, damn. damn. I know. I just want to close my computer. Jesus, that's <laughs> all you got, girl. I'm devastated. Devastated. I don't know. I don't know how I ever get get over this. I don't. Uh, it's, you know, it's one of those emails you wish you kind of didn't see it, like that. Maybe you. Didn't it would have been better if I had better never known. Because I was fine. I wasn't invited. I don't have to go. I can watch it on TV. Pay right. my respects. Yeah. You know that way. And you know, a sister was thinking about trying to get an invite. <laughs> I was like, how can I classily? <laughs> indicate that I would love to be at that funeral. You know, my mother was in Detroit and was asking, because you know, Gail likes a funeral. Gail loves a funeral. I don't know why. Did she why. get in? Let me tell you what she did go to. She went to the special service that the members of our sorority, Delta Sigma Theta, right. we have an Omega Omega service, like a final right of, you know, rights of passage. Was Aretha Delta? Yes, she was a Delta. That's okay. why she had those red shoes on oh. and her legs were crossed. That was at the Omega Omega service. That's why. And my mother got into that. Not that she had a ticket for that. So wait, can you explain just, so the legs cross was not just her being super diva. This was a Delta thing. No, no, the legs cross was not a Delta thing. The fact that she was in red. I and see. And the red shoes. Oh. Because remember how she changed yeah, like they three changed, times. Well, they changed her clothes. They I mean, changed her three times. Like no. Well, Rita has that power. She might have got up and changed and been like, oh, excuse me, excuse me. Um, Y'all better change Come me. change me. No, that's why she had the red on, and that was where she had her legs crossed. And my mother went to that memorial Oh, that. And first of all, can I tell you, it. that was the most amazing piece of funeral, like, memorabilia ever. That photo of her I with know. her legs crossed. Everything. Everything. True diva. True diva. True, true, true diva. diva. Oh, well, my We're going to break down the funeral in Girl, just a bit. you better print that email out and frame it. Just so that you will make it a lesson to yourself to check your damn emails. I didn't know it existed. I didn't know that <clears throat> Google put their emails in a whole separate category. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You've out auntied me. A hundred thousand percent. Girl, oh, damn. I'm so crushed. Damn. I'm crushed. <laughs> damn. I can't believe it. You could have been there when, oh, Lord. Oh. When Bishop Barber did that, when he danced Don't in the spirit, die. you would have been right I there. I know. When so Fantasia kicked her shoes off. Hmm. I know. I know. Well, it was quite a few. You could have jumped up and saved Ariana Grande. From that preacher. And pull that skirt down. You could have you <laughs> saved her, though. You could have been like, leave Ariana Grande alone. I was so alone. mad about that. I could not tweet enough. And I know we're going to talk about the Leave her later. alone. I was so mad about that. And then that. he apologized to the Hispanic community. That was, she's Italian. 
she's not Hispanic. I can't. So you apologize to the wrong community. All right, I think we're moving. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord, damn, girl. My heart was, I I swear, I was like, the fuck? (laughs) I know. All of Harlem just heard, fuck! (laughs) (laughs) All of Harlem. I'm like, what? <laughs> Girl. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> that's what that's what was email. You know, I almost missed out on getting an agent that way. Hmm? I didn't check my emails. I'm notorious because I'm the same. If you looked on the number of emails you have, I'm about the same. Oh, God. And I was, you know, I was trying to get an agent. This is when I was early on when I was at the, the Grio. Uh-huh. And I am terrible about checking my emails. And I also never check. For those of you who've done it, I do not check Facebook Messenger. If you're yeah. messaging me on Facebook, oh. this will never be seen. I, Just listen. understand that I never check it. Mm-hmm. So Jason, my lovely husband, who's always trying to make me be best. <laughs> be best. <laughs> He said, let me clean up your email. He's like, do you want me to clean out your inbox? Because it's really overthetop.com. Yeah. So I was like, yes, please do it. So I'm at the Grio, and he's like, let me do it. He goes through it. He starts looking. And he goes in my Facebook message. He's like, would you believe? He's like, you need to return this one. Because this email is actually from William Morris. He's like, you're looking for an agent, right? And I was like, yeah. He's like, this email's been sitting here for like almost a month. Oh, my God. This, this, this message. And so I ended up, I mean, I, ended, I am now with WME, but I almost missed out. Because I just didn't check it. So your husband did that for you? He did. This is why I need to get married. (laughs) I need to reevaluate this whole marriage thing. Right, because he was like, no, I think it wasn't out of, I think it was out of pity. Because he was like, this is ridiculous. Your inbox is over the top. Punto com. He's like, you got too much. You, how do you even see anything in here? Don't even get me started on what I have and the whole junk situation. Then they have a whole separate category for junk. Email. By the way, I can't tell you the ones. Your emails to me go in my junk. Go in my junk, and mine go p- emails to from anything from my work goes right in the trash. So now I can't empty my trash because anything from my work email with that extension goes yeah. into my trash as well as a lot of emails I need. So now every other day I have to go through my trash folder and move things back in the inbox. Google is the devil. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. No, They're not, not the devil. They're not, They're not the, the actual devil. devil. Joy and There is so much to talk about. Honey. I know you're checking your emails to see because I want to know. Okay. I want to no, know my text messages. That's uh, yeah. more exciting right message. now. I want to know who done it. Okay. So just for those of y'all who don't know about the resistance. The New York Times dropped a bomb, and we have, um, I call it a modern-day deep throat. Is that, no, not accurate? I think not accurate, but go on. Finish telling the story. Okay. So not 24 hours after Bob Woodward, you know, started doing interviews about his latest book, Fear, Mm -hmm. which is all about Trump and... Trump being a madman. he is. Mm -hmm. Um, So an anonymous op-ed turned up in the New York Times from someone that is a senior official with the Trump administration. No one knows who it is except for top administration at the New York Times. Right. They know who it is, but yeah. we don't know who it is. But mm-hmm. basically... Omarosa says she knows. She's indicating that she might know who it on is. On page mm-hmm. <laughs> of her book. But basically, mm-hmm. in this op-ed piece, here's some of the things that were said. I work for the president, but like-minded colleagues and I have vowed to thwart parts of his agenda and his worst inclinations. Mm-hmm. The president continues to act in a way that is detrimental to the Republic. We believe our first duty is to the country. Um, The root of the problem is the president's amorality. D. 
details of his erratic behavior they went into. Mm -hmm. um, they say, but fear not. There are adults in the room. They also say they considered doing the 25th Amendment. So those yes. who are not familiar, this is the amendment um, that essentially would have kicked in, that kicked in only once in our history, which is, uh, I believe after Ronald Reagan was shot, and it, it means that if the president is incapacitated and unable to perform his duties, the cabinet can get together and decide to essentially move him out of the way. And with him, with and Reagan, have, he was shot. But he was this, actually shot. talking about Trump's mental, mental state. Mental incapacity. Which... Which is interesting to mm -hmm. me because, okay, A, I want to know who you think it is, mm -hmm. but this, these things that people are, that this person detailed, I think it's a group of people actually that got together and, and wrote this um, op-ed. I think it's a group. But anyway, okay. Okay. I think the things that they detail in here, we've been hearing throughout. I remember early yeah. on in Trump's presidency on AM Joy, mm -hmm. you had segments on his competency. We've had Tony Schwartz on, who's the person who actually wrote Art of the Deal and yeah. who is convinced that Donald Trump has not only not only never read Art of the Deal, knows nothing that's in it. Um, he had to try to deal with somebody who essentially had ADD, where he would try to get him to engage and write the book. Donald Trump had nothing to do with writing Art of the Deal, mm. essentially. Tony Schwartz did it. Yeah. Tony Schwartz believes that he is completely mentally um, unbalanced. Yeah. He believes he is a an extreme narcissist, that he suffers from acute narcissistic personality disorder. We're going to have him back on the show this weekend. He thinks he's deranged. Yeah. This has um, to be your entire show this weekend. It's going to be a lot of it because you also <laughs> have the Supreme Court uh, nominee, which is a whole other thing. But yeah, you have Donald Trump who, you know, remember Fire and Fury, yeah. the Michael Wolff book, where he essentially reported the same thing. All of these dozens of people in the administration talked to him on and off the record, essentially saying Donald Trump is incompetent, childish, that he's like a kid, that he sits in his um, in, in the West Wing eating cheeseburgers and watching Cable all new cable news and drinking, drinking diet coke diet coke diet coke okay. that he drinks up to eleven diet cokes a day. Omarosa Manigault Newman, who's been on the show and who has a best selling book that she titled um, "Unhinged." Yeah. <laughs> so we've got unhinged, unhinged fear, fire and, and fury, fire and fury, and now we have this. And the Bob Order book. The problem is that the. Trump administration is going to have is that Bob Woodward talks to dozens and dozens and dozens of he people, probably hundreds, hundreds of recorded interviews, and he re and that's including the one with President Trump, including one with where Trump. He catches him in a lie, and he catches him saying, "Oh, I didn't know anything about the book. Uh, if I'd known, I would have talked to you, dude." He's calling you because the book is done. You know about the book. Bob Woodward's been doing this a long time. He's been doing it since Watergate. He records these interviews. You can't say that these are not real people talking to him because he's recorded them. Yeah, and if he had to, he could replay them. So who do you who do you who do you think is behind this op-ed piece in the New York Times? So we're going to talk about this a lot on the show. So hopefully you guys watch the show this weekend. But I'm going to preview a little bit of what my thinking is on let's, follow let's get to it. figuring out. Okay, let's get to it. Let's pull up our pull up our chairs uh, mm -hmm. and let's get our cocktails ready. The question you have to ask as to who is the who is the op-ed writer is who benefits, right? Right? Qui bono? Right? So right? who benefits? In this case, I think the purpose of this op-ed is self-inoculation. This is a person trying to say. They know this is eventually going to come out. It eventually will be revealed who they are. And they want to be seen in history as having been on the right side, as having been one of the resistors who tried to stop him from his worst impulses. Mm -hmm. This is self-lionization. They want to be a hero. They want to put a Superman cape on their back. You think so? I well, why do it anonymously? Why not just come out and do a, an exclusive interview with the New York Times or with AM Joy? Two reasons. Cowardice. Because like everyone else who has dealt with this president who claims that they don't like the way he conducts himself, they don't like his manners, mm -hmm. the Paul Ryans, the, you know, the Cornyn, the Senator Cornyns, the Jeff Flakes of, of Arizona, they don't like the way Trump behaves. 
but they like what he's doing. And they like that Supreme Court access. They like this. They like the fact that he's putting far right wingers on the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. They like the fact that he's deregulating polluters so that they can dump whatever they want into the into the water and into the air. They like the fact that he's giving extreme tax cuts for the rich. I mean, tax cuts for the rich that are so extreme. We've never seen anything like it since the robber baron era. He is exacerbating wealth inequality. He's turning agencies over to the people. Is he doing who, those things yes. or is he are, are people leading him to do these things. He doesn't have to do anything. As as Grover Norquist, who runs a thing called the, from, for, called the Club for Growth, which is essentially just an anti-tax organization, said all that the far right, that the conservative movement really wants in a president is a conservative with five working digits so he can sign the things they want. Donald Trump, however crazy he behaves, whatever he does, he's off the rails, he's drink, he's you know slamming Diet Cokes and cheeseburgers and screaming at Melania, whatever he does, He's still signing the things they want. So this person says in the in the op-ed, we thought about taking him out by the 25th Amendment because he's unhinged and unfit to be president. But we thought if we could get some tax cuts, we can get some deregulation. These people are literally selling out their mortal souls in a way mm -hmm. for tax cuts. And so this person, Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan, they don't like Trump's attitude, they don't like his personality, they don't like his manners. But they like the fact that he has five working digits and he will sign their agenda. Oh, my God. And so I think the reason to be anonymous is because of cowardice. You don't want to stand up to him face to face. And you don't want to stand up, more importantly, to his base because you have a future in the Republican Party. So it's someone with a future. Why now? I would say because the midterms are coming and every Republican who I talk to on background knows that they're probably going to get decimated in the midterms. Well, why do this right in the midst of the Kavanaugh hearings? Because they want this man, I would think, the people who are behind this on the Supreme Court. They know that there's... Donald Trump could literally, you know, be arrested for a crime and Kavanaugh would still get seated because the Republican Party, as it is constituted now, will seat whatever Donald Trump puts up. Mm -hmm. Mitch McConnell, um, the uh, the guy, the, the, the Judiciary Committee in the Senate. It doesn't matter. Chuck Grassley, who runs the Judiciary Committee, has made it very clear. Kavanaugh is getting seated, period. And they're exercising raw power. And they're like, they know that they will seat this justice no matter what Trump does. If, if um, Robert Mueller were to come out tomorrow and drop a bill of particulars that showed Trump committed 10 felonies mm -hmm. tomorrow, they would still seat Kavanaugh because they have the power. So, so it doesn't matter when you do it. You could do it today, tomorrow, on the eve of the election. Nothing will change. The base of the party is still with Trump no matter what he does. He could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue. I, listen, I, when this came out, when I tell you I was glued to my television last night watching this and just online trying to read about it and just take it all in because I was just... It's amazing. And it's so, amazing. But I feel like nothing will happen. Nothing I don't, will happen. I, don't, I feel like even though they put this out there, mm -hmm. and what you're saying about them wanting to be a hero and be seen as on the right side of history... When this all, when the dust mm -hmm. settles, but I feel like it won't make a difference. Nope. They're not going to remove him from office. Nope. Nothing's going to happen. They said it. They said that the cat, this person says the cabinet considered removing him because they think he's so mentally unbalanced. They, his supporters, these are all Republicans. They're all conservatives. They all agree with everything he's doing in policy, policy wise. They considered him so mentally unfit that they considered using the 25th Amendment to remove him. But then they said, why provoke a constitutional crisis? We'll just curb his worst impulses. As Bob Woodward's book says, we'll just take memos off his desk so we can't yeah, sign them. Oh, we'll basically that. run a coup d'etat. Yeah. This is an administrative coup. He's if, like a puppet. The president is being is being thwarted from 
carrying out his agenda by his own administration. That's a coup. None of these people were elected. That's one thing that the administration said that's true. Nobody elected these people Mm -mm. to make policy, but they're making policy. Mm -hmm. So they've said rather than take him away, remove him through the constitutional means, we'll run the government. And while we're running the government, kids are still being put in cages. They're still keeping 500 plus kids away from their parents, stealing them from their parents. The worst of the worst is still happening. What is it that you think you're preventing us from? Oh, that's right, tax hikes. Yeah. So in order to have tax cuts, you're willing to essentially sell this country and this and, and your own soul. And so I think this person is the opposite of a hero. I think they're a coward. I think this person, um, if they had the guts, they should come forward. So you think they should not have done this anonymously? Come forward. Quit. Did anybody quit after Charlottesville when Trump said the Nazis and the anti-Nazis were equal? Yeah. Good people on both sides? Well, who quit? Nobody. They don't care about that. They don't care, they about, don't care that. about that. And this person, so let's talk about the intrigue. Though. We have to talk about the palace intrigue a little yeah. bit of who it is. <laughs> Do you have a guess of who you think it is? I told you. I think it's a group. I think it's a group of them. I don't think it's one person. Mm-hmm. Because if if he's part of this this person, I say he, but it could be a she, is part of a resistance, right? Mm-hmm. And there are all these people working together as detailed in this op-ed piece. Then I think they had to collectively make a decision to put this out. I don't think one person separated themselves and said, I'm just going to, you know, send this to the New York Times and go and meet with the New York Times and, you know, convince them to print this. Yeah. I think it's a group. I think it's an effort among this resistance. It's interesting that you say that because Axios, which is one of the new sort of uh, media entities that sprung up in in this current era, has said that when they've gone through and queried administration officials, it's a senior administration official, that the people they've talked to have said it could be dozens of people. Yeah. Because dozens Dozens of people are involved in this. Um, so you're right. There are lots of people on the same page. But let's go through who these suspects are. Okay. Should we do that? That's Kellyanne fine. Conway. Kellyanne Conway, even though in a tweet the New York Times said he. So a lot of people are being driven off the Kellyanne Conway trail because they said it's a he, but they said that was a mistake, that the person who tweeted that doesn't know if it's a he or a she. And Kellyanne Conway's husband, notoriously anti-Trump. He's a never-Trumper. He's throwing her under the bus. Well, he's, he's Filipino, and he's like, <laughs> I guess as a man, a man of color, he's like, I don't like Trump. And he's very open about it. So people think maybe Kellyanne, she never liked Trump. She was for Ted Cruz. I used to have her on my shows, and she was a Ted Cruz anti-Trump person. Hmm. And then when Trump... And then she flipped. She flipped and went with him. But in Fire and Fury, it says she's the person who, in Trump's face, is like, oh, Mr. President, you're the best. And as soon as he turns his back, she's putting the, the sort of fake gun to the head and fake gun to the mouth and saying, oh, my God, he's horrible. Oh, my God. So she supposedly is phony supportive. Okay, Mike Pence. So uh, this is fun because so Mike Pence is being um, put on the on the on the list of potential because of the word because of the word yeah. Lodestar Lodestar. Yes. So 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 right. So throughout this op-ed in this op-ed the word lodestar is used and lodestar is not a common word it's a very oldy english word it's a very fallen out of use old-timey word yeah and the only person that this one particular person on twitter said they could find who's used that word repeatedly in speeches is mike pence right he uses the word a lot now i would say the caveat to that is remember mike pence is a politician he doesn't write his own speeches right so it could be Mike Pence's speechwriter. But then he's not a top official. He or she is not a top official in the White House. He's not a senior administration official. He's the vice president. He's a constitutional mm-hmm. officer. No, what I'm saying is oh, this person the speechwriter. The speechwriter isn't. So, I, so the Mike Pence thing. But what's interesting is I was talking with a Republican friend uh, and saying, what if the person wrote it in a way to make it look like it's Mike Pence? Yes. That it, they use that word they know is a Pence word. 
in order to increase Donald Trump's already existing, from what I've heard, paranoia about Mike Pence. Mm -hmm. And he fears that Pence secretly wants to be president himself. I've even had Republican sources tell me that Pence feel he's called from God to be president and that God will make him president and that he has said this to people. And so that Trump has a certain amount of distrust for him. Because remember, Trump's not religious. The religious right loves him, but he's not Mm -hmm. religious. Right. And so he's a little suspicious of Pence because Pence is so devout. So Pence is a suspect. Nikki Haley is a suspect. Really? Here's what this person has. I'm going to just make it real quick. This person who wrote this is a doctrinaire Republican that believes in things like tax cuts and deregulation. So they are Clearly. a they are a doctrinaire Republican. Mm-hmm. So that to me takes John Kelly off the list because Kelly's a military guy. Um, he has certain very far right wing views like on immigration, but immigration is not mentioned. But I feel like Kelly's in on it. But he may not be. He maybe. may not be the author of. Maybe. It, but I feel like but, Kel, but see, this this letter mentions the good things that were done that need to be preserved, and they don't mention immigration, which to me takes Kelly off the list. Mm-hmm. Kelly wants to be seen as a hero, but he's not a doctrinaire, old-fashioned Republican. So I kind of take him out of the list. Yeah. Um, you have a lot of other people. Mike Pompeo, who um, uh, our colleague um, uh, Lawrence O'Donnell thinks is the person who did it. Pompeo has denied that he did it. But Pompeo, I think. Is so senior and so seasoned in in Washington, he would just tell Trump this. You know that there are betting houses that are actually taking bets yeah, on who it could be. Absolutely. This is crazy. Can I tell you my theory of who it is? Yeah. So I think this person is a McCain ally. So you have to look for somebody who has worked with John McCain or has been part of his campaign. See, that's why I think why now? I think it's McCain's death. Triggered it. Yes. And I would not be surprised if McCain was in on it before he died. Mm. If McCain had other plans in addition to the four-day funeral roasting of Trump, yeah. if there were other things he talked to people about doing. Mm. So I think it's someone who ta- who was a McCain person, mm. somebody who would have had contempt for Trump as a person, but like conservative Republican policy, and somebody who's an operative and a press person. There's something in this op-ed, Jackie, that is so different from every other op-ed. I, as a former press secretary, I used to write op-eds, ghost write them. Yeah, yeah. So I would write them, but they were in the name of another person. Right. I never in all my time writing op-eds for politicians ever put a quote in one hmm. from someone else. Right. If I'm writing an op-ed for Politician X, every word is from Politician X. This thing has a quote in it. That's something press people do. Hmm. It's something people in our profession, media people, Ooh. and people who write press releases. This looked like a press release. And I used to write press releases. So I look at it and I go, this person is a press person. Number two, this person is obviously somebody with an existing relationship with the New York Times op-ed world. Mm-hmm. So they're a media person. They're not somebody outside of media like a Pompeo. They're somebody who has an ongoing relationship either as a leaker or as a source or as an interlocutor with the press, okay? So I think it's a press person. And Who then, do you think it is? And I'm just gonna say, <laughs> because immigration is not mentioned, it wouldn't shock me if it was a person of color. So I wonder if Rod Shaw, who's the deputy press secretary, he's a senior administration official, he works in the press operation, he, he worked on the John McCain 2008 campaign, he's a Romney-McCain Republican, mm. meaning he's a tax cuts and deregulation Republican, He's somebody who's supposedly on his way out. He's somebody who's been said to be leaving the administration eventually. And he's somebody that Trump probably has treated with contempt. Mm. His parents are immigrants from India. He's the brown guy. Yeah. It wouldn't shock me hmm. if it was Rod Shaw. That, I mean, Lawrence O'Donnell put his, his uh, theory out. My theory is Rod Shaw. Mm. 
That's where you're putting your money. Deputy Press Secretary Roger. <laughs> now, I don't know. I mean, I, I obviously nobody knows who did it, but right. it wouldn't surprise me if it was someone like that. How long do you think it will take for us to find out? Oh, we'll find out. I mean, I think I before mean, the election, probably in the, you know, in the next You think few weeks. so? Do you think that person will come forward or they'll be discovered? They'll be outed. You think so? I do. Because I think that, remember, what Trump is doing now, he's going through and he's making everyone sign, just sign things saying they didn't do it. Now, if you don't, what happens if they lie and sign it anyway, saying they didn't do it? Good question. What can he do? I don't know. He's what demanding he that the person be arrested. He's probably going to roll he's lie losing detectors it. in there. Oh my God! Can you imagine? He's going to do it. He's going to do something crazy. This we have reached the point where the American president is behaving like, you know, if you look back in history, some of the sort of dictators of old when they would just lose it. Yeah. The sort of Stalin-esque. Yes, that's figures. what I'm waiting on. He's going to come out there and kick the podium over and pee on the. <laughs> <laughs> the press corps or make Sarah Huckabee Sanders do it for him oh, go. <laughs> all right so we got to move on because okay. there's so much to talk about um Jeffrey Owens ah oh. who um a woman in New Jersey a black woman was it a black it was woman a black woman named no. Karma her uh, name is Karma. Her name is Karma. Child, you done sealed your fate. Karma's a bitch. <laughs> so, <laughs> she literally, <laughs> she is. So I she saw Jeffrey working at Trader Joe's in New Jersey and decided to take bagging a picture. Groceries. Bagging groceries. Took a picture of him. And, and those then, of you who don't know who Jeffrey Owens is. Oh, yes. He plays, uh, he played Elvin, Sandra's husband, on the Cosby show. This, so that was the eldest daughter. Right. So he was the lovable, curly hair, Adorable. you know, dad there that everybody just loved. Yep. So he's been in different And they had the twins. Oh, yes, they had the twins. Mm -hmm. He's been acting, you know, throughout. He was on, he, you know, even in the past year, he's done some acting, but it's not enough to pay the bills. And right. he has a family. So he took a second job mm -hmm. um, at Trader Joe's bagging groceries or I, I don't know what all he does there but he was working at Trader Joe's and so this woman took a picture she did an interview um, with Fox News mm -hmm. um, of and, course and talked about how she saw him she went and googled and realized that that was actually him she took a picture she said I felt so sorry for him you know that this like you know miss me with all that karma exactly. so she feels sorry for him but then goes to Fox News and Daily Mail and you know tells Shames them about him. and gives him gives them these photographs of him and they decide to publish this and mm. try to make it a story but god girl mm -hmm. but doggone god because you know he talked about on um good morning america with robin roberts uh, a couple of days ago how at first he was very embarrassed but then when he saw the overwhelming outpouring from fellow actors from viola davis yeah. to judd apatow like so many people out there rallying to support him and say shame on you fox news and daily mail and this woman but also hey we did the same thing. Right. We had to hustle too. Absolutely. No, I was so pissed. It's so shameful. So Yashar Ali, who's a great reporter, you should follow him on Twitter. Yeah. Um, I saw it on his Twitter feed and, and thought, how crappy is that? To You know, it's hard enough when you're if, in his position, you're a famous person, you're somebody people know, to humble yourself to take a job in the public where people might know you. Yeah. And, and he said people would come up to him all the time. And say, aren't you? Aren't you? Right. And he would say yes, and they'd go on and wish him well, and that was that. And that was that. But for someone to embarrass him, first of all, it's a completely honest job. You know, you hear so much shaming of black people about our willingness to work, our yeah. work ethic. And you have particularly people on the right, Fox News, going on and telling this narrative that people of color, that black people don't want to work, that black people just want to 
lay around and be lazy. But when somebody, a man, gets up and works to feed his family, your reaction to him is to shame him rather than to praise what he's doing. My sister's an actress. My sister mm -hmm. has been acting, um, I would say, for like 30 years. June Carroll, hire her. C-A-R-R-Y-L. Check her out on IMDb. Um, and June is amazing, but she does mostly theater. Mm -hmm. And theater doesn't pay, you know, especially it's not Broadway. She's in L.A. And she, you know, has really made it as a working actor for 30 something years, yeah. but that's rare. Most actors, she's able to do that because she supplements her theater income by doing small parts. You'll see her in CSI. I saw her in Scandal, I was so excited. She was on Scandal a little bit. You know, she was on um, she was on American Crime. Yeah. You know, like she'll do a little piece here, which pays, or a little commercial. Right. But most actors have to have another job because you don't get paid that much. And people think, oh, Cosby Show, he must be rich. No, Bill Cosby got rich. Right. And when the whole Cosby scandal happened, you know, it, Malcolm Jamal Warner talked about this. You know, those checks that they got the residuals, from all the, the residuals gone. gone. Because everyone they canceled the show. That's right. So, um, you know, Jeffrey and so many of those other actors that were dependent upon that, that's now pulled out from under If them. you were depending on the residuals from Cosby Show, remember it was airing on no less than three different networks. It was airing on, not Adult Swim, but it was airing on like Nickelodeon at night, bounce. Nick at Night, Bounce. And when those people started stopped airing them, you, your checks stopped. So it's not just Cosby. When you think about canceling shows because someone, you know, you don't like someone, even a Kevin Spacey, yes. you know, with the recent movie that he had um, th that came into theaters, you know, there there's cast, there's crew, there's so many people. All their checks uh, So many other mouths that are being fed off right. of that. You have to think about before you say, let's just cancel it. That's right. And people lost a lot of money because of the Bill Cosby scandal. And he did And, too. you know, big up to Jeffrey Owens because he's been so gracious. He did an interview with Don Lemon, which I thought was brilliant. So I lovely. hearing him. And he, you know he's he's very dignified and he's he's not letting people Im humiliate him yeah i love how honest he was though i love how he said that at first he was shamed uh, he was you know embarrassed by it but then when he noticed all the love that he was getting and support then he felt better he said it didn't last long but the, the reason why i love this is because i think that people need to recognize that celebrities are people that's right are people with everyday lives you know i'm thinking i think about the anita baker story anita baker story recently where this this young woman who's an actress on um uh what's the show um black lightning mm -hmm. um bumped into anita baker at a passport office she was filling out papers and the girl's mother wanted to say hello to anita baker there are two you know two sides to this story but the girl went on twitter and said that anita baker was rude to her mother and anita baker answered and said listen Nobody knew who I was. I was in there trying to fill out my paperwork and you basically announced that I was in there. And it's just like, you know, you got, you have, you don't, people need to realize you don't own celebrities. Mm -hmm. If Anita Baker or whomever else does not feel like talking to you or interacting with you, or if they're bagging groceries, let them live their life. It is not for you, just because you're a fan of their work, right. to take pictures, to feel like they should interact with you. Nobody owes you anything. It bothers me because it keeps, I think, a lot of celebrities that may fall on hard times from going to the DMV right. to going to, to you know sign up for um, you know assistance or right. whatever they may need to get the help because they're embarrassed yeah. and people want to out them. Leave people alone. Mm -hmm. Enjoy what they do professionally. If you love Anita Baker, go see her at a concert. Right. Buy her music. You know? Did you ever see the movie The Wrestler? 
with um uh, no, no, I can't no, remember no, his no. name, but the rest we're are so dead bad with that. Names. I know we're so bad with names. I mean, it, it might be the cocktail. I'm like name a name, please. Name the wrestler. Yeah, name. But that it was a great movie because it dealt with that same issue. This guy was this huge Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. Yes, and he was Mickey Rourke was this really famous wrestler who then falls on hard times. He goes to work in a in um like a deli. Yeah, and he's slicing meat, and he's someone recognizes him and says, "Aren't you that wrestler?" And he says, uh, he's trying to sort of avoid yeah. drawing a crowd. And the guy insists and insists until he humiliates him. Yeah. You know, to the point where he just shames him so badly and ends up like cutting himself on the, the meat slicing machine. But the point being that, you know, people assume that if you're ever in a movie, that you're rich. Yeah. That's not how it works. It's not. Just because you're on TV or in a movie, it doesn't mean you're rich. Let's start with that. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you're always going to be successful at it. It's cyclical. And by the way, acting is a job. It's it is work. a job. It's just like you want somebody coming up to you on your job and saying, let me take your picture. It's a work. You know, you're working. And, and, and when there's work time and then there's private time. And it just bothers me when people do that. I mean, I was on the subway one time riding from Harlem, where I live, to 30 Rockefeller Center in Midtown. And I had my headphones in, but you can still hear what's going on around you. And there were these four young men um, on the train. And one of them was so loud and saying, that's that lady from Channel 4. That's that lady. Oh, oh, what's her name? What's her name? <laughs> Loudly. And I, I kept my, I could hear them, but I was like, right. I'm going to pretend like I don't hear them. Yeah. Joanne, the entire ride. What's her name? I can't, oh, what is, that's that lady from Channel 4. I know that's the lady from The entire ride. People, I'm looking, People, everybody is staring because he was one of those loud talkers. Yeah. It was so bad. That when I finally got to my stop and got off, his one of the guys that was with him looked at me. He said, I'm so sorry. Wow. He apologized for his friend. But it was so embarrassing. Right. Because everybody on that subway car was... It's like, you know, yeah. why are people... Why don't they think? And it's funny that you say that because so so I've only met uh, the late Aretha Franklin twice. Mm-hmm. And the two times I met her, and this is one of the things that you have to also realize when you meet really famous people, you expect like a certain thing, right? You expect them to be just like they are on TV or yes. whatever. So Aretha Franklin, I expect her to be a diva. Yeah. So I was like, you know, if she if she completely dissed me, I'd been like, yes, I got dissed by Aretha Franklin. That's <laughs> so good. She's so down to earth. She was so down to earth. No, so I met her. So the first time I met her, um, we were at an event for BET. Um, and I was there with my then publicist, Lachelle, and we walk in with Karen Finney. So mm-hmm. Karen Finney yeah. and I walked in together, and Aretha Franklin is walking through, and I'm like, oh my God, that's the queen of soul, Aretha Franklin. Yeah. I freaked out. But I, I'm conscious of the fact that I don't want to, you know, if she doesn't want to take pictures of me, she doesn't want to do it, I don't want to force her to do it. Right. But I, So Lachelle asked her publicist, would it be okay if my clients take a picture with you? When I tell you, honey, Aretha Franklin was walking through, she pulled her, her um, coat a little bit off her shoulder, paused, just long enough to take the picture, pause, pose, shot, and kept it moving. Yeah. I was like, diva! <laughs> I was so in awe. So I loved it. But I love the fact that she didn't feel like she had to be over solicitous. Yeah. But she was not mean. But she wasn't trying to be all in our face either. Yeah. She stopped, paused, posed, and I got that picture. But I, it's on I, my Instagram. I love that the, I think people should not have the expectation. It was lovely that she stopped. But if she didn't stop, I would have been if fine she with kept it. going, yeah, right. I you would have been because you get it. Yeah. But so many people out there 
don't get it. Like the, when this Anita Baker thing came out, yeah. people were just Attacking siding. There, it was, you know, people were on one side or the other. It was like a 50-50 split. But people were attacking her, saying, how dare you Pick behave this way and be so rude to this girl's mother? Mm. And I'm like, this. when you're filling out paperwork with your private information for a passport, come on. Yeah. You don't, it's a private moment. Yeah. Who go, wants to be, if I go to the DMV, Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. Just enjoy the fact that she makes amazing music. But this is why people like J Lo can't go get a driver's license. Right, and why? And, and you wonder why? And people, why people shut down stores to shop? Yes, they do it. Yes, and, or shut down maternity wards to have babies. Or shut down maternity wards to have a baby. Hello, Beyonce. Because I'm then not mad at you. people still say that the baby that she didn't have the baby that it, they, there's conspiracy theories. You know, let them have move on. Moving on. Moving on. So I'm very excited to have this guest. So excited. I reached out to Tiffany about a year ago yes. via email to say we want you to come on the show because she has our last name. And we, and we claim all reads. We claim all reads. And I checked that email. Yes. So you see, oh, and you were shade. 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 <laughs> I love it. I love you. Oh she is God. definitely shade. family. She's family. <laughs> Only family will shade you that way. Yes. I love it. No, yes. yes. I love yes. it. She was like about the Aretha Franklin thing. That was a disaster. And she said it was a disaster. <laughs> that, you got to be honest. And that, we, listen, <laughs> that's real. We stand for you, Tiffany, because you spell your name, last name correctly. Oh, so thank, thank you. you. We love Big that. Up. Now, um, Tiffany is a C senior fashion editor at Cosmo and Seventeen Magazines. She's also part of this um, show on E! called Red Carpet Icons. Yes. yes. And she's been setting trends for years. Thank we hear. You. So <laughs> it is so good to have you here because and we have the so many best questions. Outfit. If you're not here, I'm sorry, Miss Sands. Yeah, we'll, it, we'll take insane. a picture. Wait, is that well. Nike? No, it's Just a brand that it. we purpose Nike. But I feel like right now the it's I, I was I gonna need to say wear it. I it's have the to represent time. I have to stand behind okay. them right now. So you're running around. Fashion Week has kicked off in New York City. Yes. Started running, today. And you're running around to shows. Mm -hmm. You made time for us, we thank you. Yes. Forgive me if I'm sweaty, it's very hot out. It's hot in here for some <laughs> it's hot in her, as Nelly would say. It's very hot. But it's okay. We're glad you're here. So we have so many questions about Fashion Week. For you, what's Fashion Week like since you're in the fashion world? Um, not glamorous because one is hot, yeah. <laughs> but also you have to look the part. So like mostly I'm in heels running around and the morning starts. My first show was at nine o'clock today. My last show was at 10 and then there's parties after. Right. So it's nonstop going for a seven day street. How late do you, does it go? Uh, depends on how much you want to party. Yeah. <laughs> I like to party because I feel like that's a good time for me to like actually be face to face with some of the industry leaders yeah. instead of being at a show where it's a little bit more uptight, very formal. Um, so I spend that time to like do my networking and talk to people who I think are cool and interesting. Um, and then after New York, I have to do London and Milan. So can you explain it? Because it's Fashion Month right mm -hmm. now. So they've, they're have they back to back to back. Just explain right. that for folks. So it's four cities. So the four major cities are New York, London, uh, Milan, and Paris. Mm. So they're each about a week, a week and a half, a little bit shorter long. So be Fashion Month. Uh, New York kicks it off. Then there's London for a few days. Then mm. there's Milan, and that one is five days this season. And then there's Paris. Is one more influential than the others? Well, right now Paris is having a moment. So mm. a lot of designers that are New York based, like Altazara, Proenza, they're moving to Paris to show, um, just because it's very buzzy right now. And people like being there. Mm. Um, people think that New York Fashion Week is dead. I personally don't. I never will. I'm from New York, yes. so I'm always riding hard for it. I just feel like after it left Bryant Park, it changed. Yeah. I had a moment at Lincoln Center, which was wasn't oh, a great no, moment. No, no, and no. It, that, that was short lived. And then after that, it was um, 
down on the west side and now it's at spring studios right. and this is the second year at spring studios which is Chelsea a beautiful Piers? place by the way spring studios i mean that's spring I studios is beautiful but it's beautiful tough it's real it's that, hard to get in it's hard to get in the security is yeah. really bad and because yes. fashion week is like party crashers and like people who want to be influencers and celebrities and all the security it That's just makes it yeah, yeah yeah and it seems like all the shows not all of them like the major shows are probably in one place but a lot of the, it's just like things going on all over the place right right and it's just like I, I i stopped trying to go to fashion shows because it was you're going here then you got to go here mm -hmm. it's too much instead of it being in one place do you think they'll ever get back to that i think the smart thing would be to get back to it yeah. i don't know if uh, the budgets are there anymore like they used to Really? That's because a good showing at a place like Bryant Park or Lincoln Center or Spring Studios, you have to have a big budget to get into those venues. Yeah. So I don't know if designers now have the funds like they used to to put on these big um, shows. shows. Can yeah. I ask you, so for somebody, for people breaking into the fashion industry, mm -hmm. is going and showing at Fashion Week, is that still the way that you break in? Or has sort of the dawn of social media and Instagram and sort of the dispersion, right? right. The sort of, the, I guess you could say the democratization of access. Has that changed the way that you break in? Absolutely. I do not think that that's how you break in anymore. That's how you kind of like you know on Instagram you get your blue check you're verified yep. like that's yeah, your yeah. stamp I feel like that's putting your stamp on it like I'm here ah. I'm recognized like I'm an established brand or like somewhat established but to break in to get that buzz no you can there's so many ways now to get wow. um some traction behind you. Well, how, how do you feel about diversity when it comes to Fashion Week? I know you're not shy about talking about these things as far right. as representation um, from fashion models to designers. Is it better? Um, I wouldn't, I don't know if it's better. I definitely think it's trending right now. Um, the Cut just did this beautiful article that uh, Lindsay Peoples wrote, who is a black fashion editor there, and she got a bunch of industry leaders to kind of give quotables and share their experience working in the industry. Um, and if you read it, it's very interesting because it's just like a collection of people who've been doing it for years and have the credibility and they're able to be like, look, we don't talk about this on a daily basis, but I see what you're going through because I've gone through it. So it's more of like, to me, it was like a healing piece for everybody to know that you're like not in this fight alone. Um, and kind of the consensus is that right now it feels very trendy to be black. It feels very trendy to be a person of color, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. um, and we don't know how long it's going to last. We don't know if it's about taking from the culture or appreciating the culture. And I think that's a question that is still to be decided yeah. on, on where we stand. You know, it's interesting because I'm one of the sort of, um, you know, dinosaurs who still gets magazines, right? I still get magazines <laughs> well, to my house. thank you for supporting me. I yeah. love <laughs> I still, I get Vogue, I you love buy. it. Yeah, no, and I get Vanity Fair and I get all these magazines. And there was a moment when I actually laid them out on my dining table yeah. because almost everything that had come to As my house decor. that week was black. No, <laughs> I laid month, them out yeah. and took a picture because yeah. there was happened. so much that yeah. was black. There was an right. Aretha cover on the New Yorker. There was Vanity Fair. Obviously, they had the great Beyonce cover. Mm -hmm. There was, you know, everything seemed to be, or yeah. Vogue. Vogue Sorry. had Beyonce. Vogue yeah. had the yeah. Beyonce cover. Vanity Fair, I still have my Kendrick Lamar Vanity uh -huh. Fair cover. And so I'm, I'm looking, I'm like, wait a minute, all these major magazines right. that within two months all had black people on the cover. Do you feel like that's a moment? Yeah, I think it's a moment. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if people were purposefully saying September issue, we're going to have a person of color on our covers, or if right now everyone's just a little bit more conscious of the climate. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, okay, it's kind of important to speak up about it right now. I think if you take a look at any magazine and look at the past 12 issues and who those cover stars are, that's kind of more telling mm -hmm. of 
if it's really a trend or if it seems like the right thing to do or if it's like just part of being ingrained in it. Yeah. Um, and like inclusion, I think in general is about naturally just including people and not forcefully being like, oh, I have seven peep, seven girls casted for this show. Let me add in the one Asian girl. Let me add in the one Spanish, right. the one black, mm. and we're done. Not like who is the most beautiful and makes the most sense for this. Yeah. I wonder if, you know, fashion does, it seems like it's had its ups and downs in terms of its um, relationship to the culture, right? You had a moment when a lot of designers were being outed for, you know, mm -hmm. secretly saying they didn't want certain people wearing their clothes. Right. And then, so you went through that period where people were boycotting. And then now it does feel like fashion is trying to be woke. And do you think that the industry can have a voice in terms of social justice? Right. I mean, d definitely. I, I feel like there's so many people who are just aware in the actual industry and know that it, it is a problem that needs to be addressed. And I think slowly but surely people are, are more brave to speak up about it. I don't think the people in the industry are not aware of what's happening. I just feel like they were a little bit too scared to speak up prior to now. And right now, because there's this huge support system, whatever the cause is, whether it's like LGBT, women's rights, like whatever it is, there's so many people backing you up that you're no longer afraid to make the changes right. so I, I think slowly it, it will become more of that you know you mentor a lot of um, up-and-coming fashion designers mm -hmm. what advice would you give to someone out there listening who you know has the skills and they really want to get into this industry but they're you know intimidated to yeah. think that they can compete what advice would you give to someone? well it's not about competition really hmm. you know I think that's where the fear comes from because hmm. you start comparing yourself to somebody else I think it's more about okay, this is my craft, I'm really good at it, I can like, even if there's a million swimwear designers, I'm going to be the best swimwear designer because no one's going to see it the way I see it. Yeah. And I think like really knowing that like your creative piece is never going to be my creative piece or someone else's, and I think it's like more about a confidence thing. Yeah. Because once you know that you have this great product, then you can worry about like getting sponsors, you know, people to support you, like then get your social media following and, and start really building your business. I think it's more about perfecting whatever the product is first. But is it important yeah. to go to Parson, not Parson specifically, no. but to go to school and get particular training? I can't tell people not to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't want anybody attacking me, but I don't think you need to. I mean, I was a double major in advertising psychology, and I was like pre-nursing, definitely thought I was going to be in the medical field. Pre-nursing? Where'd you go to school? Temple University. Oh, wow. Oh. And, yeah. Go and Philly. so, didn't study fashion at all. Hmm. And then just- How'd you get into fashion? Interning, being from New York, like going out, meeting people, just like working really, really hard. See, it's that the thing that they tell, that I hated the most in college, I didn't want to hear, but that is so true, is that networking and meeting people is everything. It makes a big Absolutely. Everything. But college helps. College, college helps. helps. Yeah, because that helps. puts you, it puts you in the space of like-minded people, right. not that it gives you the job. It just yeah. is like, here's all these resources. What are you going to, here they, they're in front of you. So how and do you make it And for a creative, I think that can sometimes right. be very important. Right. Okay, so we have We're to close ask, on time. Have to okay. go. So read. Yes. Tell us your family. You're from New York, you said. Are you from from New York? I'm from from New York. I'm so going with West Indian. Where are your people from? So it's a funny story. <laughs> so my mom, I mean, my grandmother is Chatwa Indian on my mm -hmm. dad's side. Okay. And um, Reed is from my dad's family. So oh. we don't know who my grandfather is, my biological grandfather, but hmm. the rumor is he is Jamaican. Really? And my grandmother was young and fell in love with the older Jamaican guy and had a baby with him. Oh. Look, come on. Uh, <laughs> 
That's yes, I Rossi. She's like, but that's what you all are. The story you're that's leaning in. Yes. My sister told me, and my sister's a nosy, nosy woman and knows everything <laughs> about everybody. Yes. And so I believe my sister that that's the story, but my grandma will never. No, you need to go with that story that's because Jamaicans right. will embrace story. you. <laughs> yes. We love that. And Native Americans. Yes. I love yes. that. Go with yes. everything. Love it. So that uh-huh. is the read from my dad. Okay, well, yes, you will I, have to come back. I Please. will. Now we didn't hear. We didn't You barely touched yes, your ask drink. Me, ask me what Who's you want to ask me. Who's your favorite designer? Favorite designer. Ooh, right, right now. now. Who's hot? Who should we be looking at right now? Uh, It's a tie. I I love Altazara because I always have. Virgil doing Off-White. Um, and Marc Jacobs I love, too. Okay. Who, who out there, I don't know if you look to, you probably don't, but because you're in the magazine world, celebrities that you think get it right when it comes to fashion well lately j-lo has been killing it her yeah. red carpet which are we doing a red carpet moment yes, yes we are it's not a moment yes. it's training it's a moment i think that rihanna uh invented the whole street style game and like killed it and yeah. kind of like put the crown down and pass off to other people but she, she will always be Number you love one, her. yeah, I saw love her. You did, and you were like, she I'm obsessed no with her, yeah. and I also love Cardi B too. It's Don't you? Thank you, yeah, thank you for saying that. Yeah. I love Cardi B. Who yeah, just styled her? Tom Ford. Yeah, she was at the show. Yeah, last she's night. so fun. She looked yeah. stunning. Yeah, I great. love her. I need her to get into fashion, and get into acting. I think she's just so fun. She'd I be great. She'd, She'd be great. great at anything. That's just the beginning. I want her to just conquer the, the world. Okay, so but I still love. I'm still Team Nicki Minaj. I still love Nicki Minaj. So shout out to Nicki. You can love both. you can love both. People try to fit them against each other, but there is not. You can love both. All right, so okay, Tiffany, yeah. I know you have to run off to your fashion week Thank duties, but we appreciate you. You have to come back. I yes. will. Now that, you, so now that you're here, now so that you family. just have to come and talk Less about everything. Rushed. Okay. More. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Not during fashion month. month. You're right. Yeah. And, if there, and if we can sneak to one show, because I'm going to try to, I want to go to at least one show. Mine. If we only can go to one, can you just give us a recommendation? Which show should we go to? Mm, in New York. Let's yeah. see. Pyre Moss. I don't even know who that is. He is um, a black designer. He's been showing for many, many years. He was one of the first people to like make a, you know, political stand in his show. Always a beautiful, beautiful show. Um, Vogue recognizes him. He's done CFD. He won CFDA. He's. I mean, he's been nominated for CFDA. Like he's. I think that. Okay. If you're going to okay. support somebody. I might have an invitation to one of his fashion <laughs> you shows. You should check your email. I got some fashion Disaster. weekends. Disaster. Please, okay. P.S. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany, you, thank you. Of course. You're thank you. Thank, thank you so much. Have fun. Travel mm-hmm. safe. Oh, please. Thank you. <laughs> I hope I make it there. You <laughs> will. Okay, so we did not have time to get to Colin Kaepernick and Nike. Yeah. Uh, and this ad that's going to air uh, tonight, you know, this podcast will be on on Friday, but the opening game for the for mm-hmm. the NFL season. That Nike bought ads. Well, Come now, Nike. Nike is a major, is a presenting sponsor for yeah. the NFL. Absolutely. So I love that they took this position. Come through, Nike. I love that. I yeah. love the ad. It's but a by the way, video. never forget, it is business. And we're going to talk about this a little bit on AM Joy this weekend, but it's yeah. business. They don't do this for charity. Well, no, it's they don't. It's big business. Well, they're looking, they're looking at the long, the long, long game. Because, you know, their stocks did drop. Yep. People out there, crazy people burning Nikes when they could just. You already paid for your shows. Nikes. Can we just yeah. say on leaving? We're going to go yeah. now. We are done. But if but you I paid for your Nikes and you burn them, you stupid. only burned your own money. You didn't hurt Nike. And they already got your money. You just. 
just burned a Nike symbol, symbol because you could not find a cross. You already paid for the Nikes. I You're can't. only burning your own money. I can't. So it's social capital for Moving Nike, on. but we'll see what happens. All, All right. right. Well, be sure to tune in to AM Joy this Saturday and Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern on MSNBC. It is going to be so good this lit. weekend. I can't wait. I mean, lit, 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 lit. Thank you very much. And, uh, of course, you can catch Cousin Jackie Reed on the Tom Joyner Morning Show every Tuesday and Friday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also on NBC's New York Live, where she's the only person on the show. Weekdays at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. wonderful co a wonderful co-host. And if you're in Boston, you can catch Jackie on NBC's The Hub Today, weekdays. At 12.30 p.m. EST. Let it's, me redo it because I don't want to mess up with your crap. No, Shall God. Shall we do it? Okay. <laughs> yes. Take care, okay. You can catch Jackie Reed, a Tom Joyner morning show, every Tuesday and Friday, 8.15 a.m. EST. That's Eastern Standard Time for those of you who are not aware. You can also catch Jackie Trump on, <laughs> on NBC's New York Live, weekdays at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you're lucky enough to be in Boston... Hey Boston, you can catch it, Jackie Reed on NBC's The Hub today, weekdays at eleven at twelve thirty PM Eastern. Do you fly up to Boston every week to do that? I'm not gonna talk about that. Let's okay, give a shout on, out to on. our wonderful guest today, our cousin Tiffany, Tiffany Reed. Reed. Her Instagram is at Tiffany Reed. Her Twitter is at MS Miss underscore T Reed R E I D. She spells it the correct way. Yes. And Facebook, she is so at so Cosmo dash Tiffany Reed. So Cosmo, and we want to thank the Moxie. Yes. The Elephant Room is our new home. It we is. love it. You know, as a Delta, I love the Elephant Room. It's so fabulous. Josh. Bye. All right. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>